1: what is going on everybody and welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast it is tuesday july 27th i was having some issues with my computer yesterday so we were not able to go live but we were we are back and at it again today we were talking about the running back rankings our 2021 running back rankings 1 through 24 for today's episode but before we get into that we've got mr dennis bennett and mr matthew fox how you gentlemen doing on this beautiful tuesday
2: Man, my vacation started a half an hour ago. I am doing fantastic.
3: Yeah, it actually worked out better uh, for me that you had computer issues. Otherwise, it would have been uh, just you two on Monday.
1: Yeah, it was. I don't. I don't even begin to explain. The dude was talking to me. It's funny. I don't know. um, as, as uh, Dennis and Matt now know, we're going to do our rankings based on consensus for this episode. I feel like it'd be a little bit easier to, to go through and discuss. And so Jarek, who's a, an incredible mind over at the Campus to Canton website, I was asking him to help me do that because I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't know how to handle Google Sheets at all outside of like plugging some stuff in. And he went and typed out like the full way to do it. And I was like, bro, I need you to speak English to me. I have no idea what you just told me to do. And it's the same thing with the computer guy. When I went by this morning, he was explaining to me what was wrong with the computer. And I'm like, I understood computer in that whole sentence. That's about it. So I I am glad to have it back, though. I was very worried with the way everything was kind of not working on me yesterday. Couldn't get my computer to stay connected to Wi-Fi Uh, that it was, that was about time to buy a new computer and and the wife wasn't going to be happy with that out of town, spending a whole bunch of money. So it is what it is, but we are excited to be back and at it. We'll be talking about one through 24 today on Thursday, Matt and myself will be here. We'll finish that up. And then on Monday, Dennis is going to be joining us from a discreet on location kind of thing. It's going to be, it's going to be reporting on location to talk wide receivers, right? Is that what we're doing on Monday? Yep. So he'll be on a secret uh, secret location there to talk to us about the wide receivers. So I'm excited about that. Uh, before we do that, though, I guess maybe we should talk a little bit about the breaking news happened yesterday. Aaron Rodgers did show up to camp. Looks like he's going to be playing for the Green Bay Packers. Any thoughts? We're
3: well, all geniuses. All if of you us were listening
2: that. To us, it wasn't breaking news.
3: Very true. And, uh,
2: it's like my dad used to say, I'd rather be lucky than good. So yeah. I held steadfast to my belief that he was going to report, as did Matt. And Matt, you guys held steadfast to your belief that he would report, and he did. Now, I will say in a couple of best ball drafts, and uh, uh, I think maybe even in the Warrior Bowl draft, I did hedge my Aaron Rodgers bets by drafting Blake Bortles, which are now useless picks. But, you know, in the, in the 20s, what are you going to do?
3: You uh, you picked Bortles over Jordan Love, or Jordan Love was already gone.
2: Uh, Jordan Love was already gone, and yes, I, I would have picked Bortles over Jordan Love <laughs> because I believe if Rodgers had not been there, they don't think Love is actually ready, and Pack- they would have played Bortles.
3: Packers fans just you know they were already drinking in celebration. Now they're just drinking to forget that you just said they might have had like Bortles.
2: Yeah, Collins is an effective fantasy quarterback.
1: That he is. <laughs> the keyword really, there being fantasy. He's he's very good in that garbage time. Um yeah, I'm I'm really I'm going to be honest, I'm happy for all the people in Scott Fishbowl who got Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams very late because of all the panicking cuz he got taken one pick before I was going to take Devontae Adams in like the late 3rd round, I think he went. I was very very upset about that. But happy for those hey. people who got him.
3: Even more surprising is than Aaron Rodgers reporting to the Packers is Deshaun Watson reporting to the Texans. Very true.
1: I don't expect him to play at all this year, but that was uh, very surprising that they actually uh, the NFL let him show up and that he showed up. But I guess you know they seem now more committed than ever to trade him, so I guess that's good news.
3: And it seems like the NFL has taken the position that they don't have enough uh, of a stance to put him on the exempt list, which I still find a little fascinating. So Dennis may end up winning out because he was the only one that ranked Deshaun Watson. That is true.
2: Well, and I did rank him kind of low because I do expect him to miss some games. I feel like they're going to hold him out. And they're not going to – the NFL isn't going to rush a decision. They're likely to put him on the exempt list. And if nothing else goes different, I feel like he's still going to play. I feel like his finish is going to be, I think I got him down in the 20s somewhere.
1: Yeah, you didn't Uh, have him very high.
2: And it's going to be that way because he is, you know, I'm I'm kind of looking at him playing half the games.
1: Uh, Before we jump into the running backs, PJ asks, Watson to Denver or Philly? I honestly don't think he gets traded this offseason. Uh, unless the unless they come out and say that he's good to go he's gonna play no commissioner even if it's six games then i see it but without knowing any kind of where watson is going to be commissioner exempt list or suspended for i don't think anybody trades for well, him because they don't know how long they're going to
3: get him for and houston thus far has said they'll listen to offers but they won't come off of three first round picks plus yeah. premium players and with the unknowns, the Deshaun Watson legal issues could, as we've discussed, stretch into 2022 as well. You'll have a better idea next off season. I think that would be more likely. Plus, the teams like Denver and Philly will have seen whether or not they're at desperate straits or not.
1: Yeah. I would say the probably better or not better team, but I, I would think the team that's going to be more willing to trade for him is Philly. I just feel like I hear them being talked about more staying engaged in discussions than Denver, but I, I don't know. I could be wrong on that. I don't think he gets traded anytime soon this or anytime this year. So let's talk about the running backs should be no surprise to everyone, or I would think no surprise to everybody that our consensus number one and well our top 2 our consensus. Number 1 though is Christian McCaffrey. Dennis, are you worried at all about him coming back off that injury? We really didn't get to see much of him last year, you know, new quarterback but same offense, same offensive coordinator, head coach. Christian McCaffrey still the easy 1-1 one, one for you or was there a little bit of thought about moving him down?
2: Uh there's definitely some thought. Uh I love McCaffrey's talent. He's still young enough that uh I- he's he, he catches enough passes that he doesn't you know he doesn't run the ball quite as much as some of the top uh, players you know it's, he's in the low 200s in carries versus the high 300s plus 100 targets. so he does have a significant injury that he had and so you know but the other guy I would have had up there maybe was Dalvin Cook you know, but he's got – I expect Cook to miss two games this year. Yeah, you know, I'm just hoping they're not, you know, when I really, really need him, like in the finals or something like that. But there's a – when somebody's coming off an injury, I, I, I think you you have to have some concern that it could be slower to heal as the player's getting older, or it could be uh, something could happen and he favor it in some way that causes an injury to occur somewhere else. I think we see it in the way that Saquon Barkley has been dropping down draft boards. You know, maybe, maybe he's not dropping out of the first at all, but where you were taking Barkley at uh, easy number two last year, lots of people are getting Barkley at 108. So uh, yeah, there's definitely some concern, but I still think he's, clearly the top
3: talent at the position. Yeah, and I think for me, we saw him appear in three games. He managed to score six touchdowns, which has to be a, a pretty good sign that he's going to be incredibly productive in this offense. And unlike, you know, Saquon Barkley, who had a ACL tear and had to have surgery and who we already know they're going to have to baby and watch –
0: McCaffrey had a
3: high ankle sprain, which was obviously serious enough that, that he couldn't perform out there. But I, I think of it as a little bit of a different situation than some of the injuries that we've seen, which gives me a, a little bit better confidence. Usually the, the, what you need for that kind of an injury is time to heal and recover, and he had plenty of that uh, sitting out during the offseason.
1: Yeah, for me, there was no real discussion about putting McCaffrey up at uh, one. Outside of last year, again, Matt, you just mentioned he only played in three games. He's played in 16 games in every single one of the season. Even when he's been a little bit dinged up, he's still gone out there and played. Clearly, that ankle injury was a little bit more serious than we thought when it first happened. And I do think a lot of the back end of the season, why they kind of just held him out and didn't let him play anymore. There's no point in rushing out, in my opinion, one of your franchise Building players, the guy you're going to build around for the future. There's no point in rushing him out there when you were kind of out of it. You weren't going anywhere. So, with that offense, we saw what he was able to do in those three games. As Matt just mentioned, was it six? Uh, was it six rushing touchdowns? Right? Was it was not five
3: rushing touchdowns? One receiver. and one
1: receiving. So, I mean, he he clearly had. Uh, was a major part of that offense. I think that's going to continue with Joe Brady there. Uh, And in all honesty, a loss of Curtis Samuel with the way they were using him might help boost up uh, CMC a little bit more as well. So for me, he is the easy one because even though he had the last year full of injuries, I think Dalvin Cook, who is our consensus number two, like Dennis just mentioned a minute ago, he expects him to miss at least two games. It's kind of the same factor for me as well. I expect him maybe not to... He's probably going to get banged up, maybe miss at least one game just because that's what we've seen out of him in the recent past. So, Matt, was there any thought you I mean, you had him at two, but how close was that to moving him even further down? Because a lot of people have him for the most part that I've seen in the community has been these two as the top two guys.
3: Yeah, there was really no uh, thought for me moving him down. He only appeared in 14 games last year and still was RB2. So even if you figure that he's going to miss a couple of games, he's been putting up good enough numbers. He's both a passing and receiving threat, um, or receiving and rushing threat, which you're looking for, and I don't think that's going to change. Minnesota runs their offense essentially through him.
1: Dennis, anything you'd like to add?
2: Okay. No, he is well-spoken.
1: So on three and four here, we have a flip flop. This is our first kind of, uh, I don't want to say disagreement, but we, uh, Dennis, you and Matt both have Jonathan Taylor at three where I have Kamara at three. You both have him at four. So what moved Jonathan Taylor ahead of Kamara for you to put him at three?
2: You know, I do have some concerns about how the offense in general is going to run, uh, You know, when you look at the splits, though, with Michael Thomas out, Kamara, he scored a lot more points. So there's definitely a case to be made for having Kamara at three. Um, I like Taylor. He's young. He can do it all. Will Reich give him the chance? Is Reich going to have some sort of uh, illicit love affair with Marlon Mack like uh, Lafleur did with Jamal Williams or Peyton does with Taysom Hill. I don't know. Maybe Max coming off, off coming back off of an Achilles injury that's like the running back killer of injury. And now you're seeing reports today that that Reich is like, well, I don't see that much difference between him and Taylor. Well, I'm a, I love Marlon Mack and I see a shit ton of difference. Let me tell you. So, no, I, I think Taylor, uh, I think a lot of it's coach speak. Taylor's going to, um, he's going to get the chance to be the guy there in Indianapolis. Uh, I, I love Alvin Kamara. I, I just feel like I felt with the uncertainty in that offense, the uncertainty at quarterback, that uh, four was a good spot for him.
3: Yeah, I think that was really it for me. The only thing that I worry about with Jonathan Taylor is is Frank Reich. Um, whereas Alvin Kamara, I love him. You know, I was touting him being a thousand thousand threat last year, which, you know, he had a great season. He didn't quite get there. I think his touchdowns come back to earth a little bit. He had 21 touchdowns last year. I think the Saints offense in general with Michael Thomas, we know is going to be missing. They don't even have an Emmanuel Sanders this year as a veteran to step up. And they have big questions at quarterback. I think we all think that there's going to be some kind of rotational split between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, which are two quarterbacks that, in my opinion, could not have different more different playing styles. I think the entire Saints offense regresses a little bit, takes a step back. Um, which is going to hurt Kamara. I would imagine he's going to see a lot more stacked boxes, uh, especially if Hill is out there. Um, And, you know, because he's the only real weapon, bona fide weapon they have. I still think he has a good season, but for me that's a little bit of a difference. So that's – you guys kind of both talked about
1: why I have him just above. I do agree. Obviously I ranked him there before Michael Thomas was going to be out, but even with Michael Thomas out – If they do stack the box against him, Kamara is probably the best receiving threat out of all these running backs. I mean, Cook's probably very, well, I shouldn't say the best. CMC
3: is probably the best receiver on his team right now, too.
1: Yeah, CMC is the best, but I would put Kamara over Barkley, Chubb, Jones, Zeke, Cook, all guys that are in our top 10. I think Kamara is second to McCaffrey in that category. Sean Payton is a great enough offensive mind that he'll find ways to get Kamara the ball. I don't know that that's going to happen with Jonathan Taylor. I was the highest on Jonathan Taylor last year. Granted, a little bit of luck came into that with the Marlon Mack injury for me to get that call. Right. But I just don't trust Frank Reich. I mean, he still talks about Naheem Hines. Now he's given Marlon Mack. Live. Now how much of that maybe is them trying to move Marlon Mack, especially with already seeing some of these running back injuries, Cam Akers, for instance, but, I just think CMC is going to be more a focal part of that offense that I I feel more comfortable that he finishes ahead of Jonathan Taylor. I actually think out of my top 10, Jonathan Taylor is the one I'm the most uncomfortable with being that high. And I have him at four because I could see very realistically where Naheem Hines goes out there and does get a lot of the receiving work. And then they find ways to mix in Marlon Mack here and there because Frank Reich is just – I don't want to say a bad coach because – The Colts have been very good under his thing. But for fantasy, from a fantasy perspective, he is a bad coach. We hate that with a guy who's as good as Jonathan Taylor. Uh, PJ asked, any thoughts on having Jonathan Taylor at two? He's young and plays with a great offensive line. He is actually my running back two in Dynasty. But this is for rankings for strictly for 2021. No, I would not have him. uh, There's no no shot I would put him above cook or CMC. Dennis, would you? No, nope, not
2: not at this point, not for uh, redraft.
3: No, in fact, like, the reasons you brought up make me a little, I, I think his potential, we saw last year, even with the usage with Reich, he ended up as RV yep. 6 is why I boosted him up to three, but you are right. There is more inherent risk in him than the other two.
1: So at, that puts us, that was three and four. At number five, we have Saquon Barkley coming in at 5.33. That is because, Matt, you and Dennis have him both at five while I have him at six. It hurt my heart to put the player I have over him at five. Uh, But my biggest concern is all the talk about his knee. There's a lot of people not only... In the fantasy football community who have medical backgrounds that talk about they're going to play him slow. Now, we heard Joe Judge come out and say that the other day that they're going to take their time with Barkley. They don't want to rush him back. They don't rush him back. I do think that's why they brought Devontae Booker in on the contract that they did. It was not just your simple backup contract. I wouldn't be surprised if Barkley doesn't start off the season getting even 50% of the carries and they slowly work him in. That's what dropped him a little bit for me. Do you have him up here at five? Are you not quite as worried about that?
3: I, I actually dropped him 2-5 because oh. I expected them to start him slow. If you thought that you were going to see a full 16 games at full health, I probably would have put him at 3 and slid Taylor and Kamara down. Um, you know, when we saw him play a full 16 games as a rookie, he was RB1. When he played 12 games, I believe it was, or 13 in his second year, when he had that high ankle sprain, he was RB10. So if you think you're going to get 16 games, but a few of them may be a little less robust, having him middle of the top 10 made sense to me. Yeah, I, I think I initially had
2: him up at three early on in the summer. And as things have gone on, uh, you know Taylor being healthy cook being healthy Kamara even with the the offensive questions there in New Orleans it was the same thing for me they're gonna they're gonna and I don't think they're gonna uh, temper his touches just at the beginning of the season. I think they're looking long term that's why they wanted to upgrade their uh, backup so they could. Now I don't know that Devontae Booker is an upgrade over Wayne Gallman. I kind of like what Wayne Gallman did last year, um, but they they've set Barkley up to probably even in his best games experience, you know, a five to ten percent reduction in snaps and touches uh, across the entire season. So it's it's. Uh, you know, when you have somebody that's been injured and he's been injured a couple times now, they're going to try to preserve it. He's an immensely talented player.
1: Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. He's still one of my favorite uh, running backs in the league. I gave away a, a haul a couple of years ago to move up to 101 in my draft to get him in, in my main home league because I, I love watching Barkley do uh, what he did at Penn State. I mean, he's single-handedly – uh, did all kinds of stuff against the Buckeyes and not even in the rushing game. I think he only had like 40 rushing yards in that game against uh, against Ohio State. It was all in special teams and in the receiving game because they just couldn't get anybody to stop him. So he's, he is definitely a special kid, and I cannot wait to see him come back and be healthy. Cause I do think that's a key part to as well. Daniel Jones being successful as we talked about uh, on the quarterback episode. So I mentioned, I did not have him at five. I had Barkley at six. My five is Derrick Henry. Dennis, you had him at six and Matt, you had him at seven. And, and for me, I just don't think we're going to see Derrick Henry fall off just yet. I, I think I've been, maybe this is the year cause I've switched my position, but for like the past two years, I've been saying, I don't think Derrick Henry can keep doing it. He, he keeps doing it. I think, a lot of the early years for him at Tennessee where they weren't using him as much has helped continue, and I also think he's just a different breed. He's he's not the same kind of running back. I do think he's special in that aspect, and I expect even though with Arthur Smith gone, then bringing in Julio Jones where I talked about I think they are going to run the ball more, I do think when they get down into the red zone, Derrick Henry's still going to be that guy, and he's still going to get his 20-plus carries. I think out of all the players in the top 12, he is the one guy I am the – safest knowing he's going to get that rushing volume regardless of what the score looks like what's going on Tennessee could be down 21 points in the third quarter and they're still going to find ways to give Derrick Henry the ball so he is the one guy volume wise I'm safest in, in, or in my opinion he's the safest in getting that and as we saw with Melvin Gordon a couple years ago volume's king in fantasy you don't have to be that good and Derrick Henry is good uh, Dennis, you were the – I'm sorry, Matt, you were the lowest on him, though, out of the three of us, seven, only two spots away. What kind of dropped him a, a couple spots
3: for you? But he – you know, of of these receivers, although the guy I have at six – or of these running backs, the guy I have at six is not a huge receiver either, but I think it's a better, more active receiver than Derrick Henry. So he's not getting receiving work. I think he is still going to be a workhorse on the ground. I did start to – Think about it and get a little nervous listening to our friends uh, Colin and Austin on Canton Bound um, talking about worried about somebody who's taken that many carries over the last two years. And he's been three, I think 350 plus. Last year was 378, I believe. I think he will come back to earth a little bit. And without that receiving upside, I just dropped him a couple of spots to number seven, not seriously dropped him, but. A little bit back. Yeah, I, I'm.
2: I I want to believe Henry is going to continue to produce at that level, but like anything, if you keep repeating something, the teams you're playing start to figure out new ways to stop it, and they've changed offensive coordinators. I do think that largely they're going to continue to do what's made them successful under Brable, which is to run the ball with Derrick Henry. Um, but I, I as much as they want to throw him the talk about throwing him the ball uh, I just I don't know if they can change their spots when it comes to him. You know, they're going to give him 25, 28, 30 carries and one to two targets a game Is I don't think that's enough to uh, I, I don't think that's enough to lift him over some of these guys.
1: At uh, number seven here, we have Nick Chubb. He comes in at 7.67 in our consensus. Matt, you have him at six. I have him at seven. Dennis, you have him at 10. Dennis, why are you lower on Chubb? Is it the Kareem Hunt factor? What What are your thoughts on why you have? Uh, he's still in the top 10 for you, but down to 10.
2: You know, I, I really struggled with this one a lot because he it, uh, he's just a slightly smaller version of Derrick Henry with probably a better offensive line. But I do think that that offense in general is going to try to be a little bit more versatile. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be the least bit surprised if Chubb finishes his RB3 just based on his rushing. Uh, but I do think he'll catch a few more passes. I I think they'd like to use Kareem Hunt. They paid him to stay. You know, it wasn't like they, they didn't give him veteran minimum pay. They signed him to, what, a three-year extension? Yeah. Um, they've got a couple good tight ends with, with uh, Hunter, Harrison Bryant and, and uh, Austin Hooper. I think OBJ, as much as the team excelled with in his absence last year, there's no denying he's a weapon. I'm not super high on him because I think Baker is gonna spread the ball around. He's gonna throw it to who's open and he's settled enough in his career now, he doesn't feel the need to force the ball. And I think the same thing is gonna happen with Nick Chubb. That team feels comfortable. They don't have to they don't have to hammer Chubb 25 times to, one, feed Chubb's ego. He probably has the, the least amount of ego uh, as any of those running backs out there. He's, he's a consummate team guy. So I'm probably a little low on him, but uh, I do have some concerns about
3: the, the ball getting spread around some and him losing some volume in that regard. Yeah, and for me, I he was RB11 playing only twelve games last year. I think going up to six, that's that seems to fit the the role in the offense that he has. They were a better team when he was with them. Um I, I think even if he doesn't get substantially more receiving work, he's gonna be a big part of their game, even as they take a little step forward with the passing game. And I don't think Hunt disappears, but as you and I talked about Matt, you know, Hunt wasn't incredibly productive when he had a lion's share of the touches i think he has more of a specific role on that team
1: yeah i mean I can't remember the exact number but he he had um what was it like he did a lot of his with touchdowns yeah well I was trying to think of what it was off the top of my head i'll look really quick is his he had a lot more touches than Chubb, but he only finished a little bit ahead of him in fantasy points like it wasn't yeah, that was much RB of a 10. Yeah, I mean, so let's see here, Kareem Hunt, look this up on the fly, I should have probably done this ahead of time, so he had 198 carries last year, and I bet Nick Chubb had like 60, 160, something like that.
2: Uh, 190.
1: Oh, 190, I'm sorry, so even with the four games missed, Hunt still only got eight more carries over the entirety of the season, getting four games as the guide. My thing is, and I wish I would have finished this research. I didn't because I'm lazy and I had a bunch of other stuff going on. Uh, but I was looking at different stuff with Hunt and Chubb. And throughout the first part of the season, before Chubb got hurt, Hunt was only really coming in at the end of the third and in the fourth quarter. He was not getting, he got a couple touches here and there in the first and second. He was not mostly used. It was Chubb throughout the entire thing and then Hunt. And then at the end of the season, and this is where I do expect this to change in the second half of coach, I see your, your, question I'll put that or we'll we'll talk about that in a second. Uh for for Chubb in the second half of the season when that offense really started getting going, if you watched, they had him and Hunt on the field at the same time a lot. And I think a lot of that was because defenses started to figure out when Hunt was on the field they were passing the ball. And when Chubb was on the field they were mostly running the ball. I think Stefanski was starting to mix it up to throw defenses off. I agree that they're going to be a little bit more, they're going to throw different stuff in there like Dennis was talking about. They're not going to be the same offense. This offense runs through Chubb. No disrespect to Kareem Hunt whatsoever. He's a very good running back. He is not near the running back that Nick Chubb is. He's a better receiving back, but he is not the rusher that Nick Chubb is. I've said it before. I'll say it again. In my opinion, Nick Chubb is the best pure rusher in the NFL. Dennis mentioned it. Great offensive line. I think they've got one of, you could argue, the top top three offensive line in the game right now. Nick Chubb, even if he doesn't get that much, I think he's going to eat in this offense because of how good that offensive line is. He's going to get a little bit more receiving work. And I do expect when they get down in the red zone, he's going to get a couple of those touchdowns that Kareem Hunt got from him last year. So for me, he's an easy, positive regression candidate because I do expect him to stay healthy. I, I do think he would have finished Right around the 6-7, Mark Had he not missed four games last year just based on how much they want to run the ball. So even though I do think they're going to pass it a lot, Nick Chubb is the key to that offense. So I've, I've got him up here. Uh, Matt is the highest on him, though, having him there at uh, 6, where I have him at 7. So that brings us in at 8 uh, with a 8 consensus ranking here of Zeke Elliott, uh, all within one spot of each other. Dennis at 7, me at 8, and Matt at 9. So Dennis... You've got him there at seven. Uh, is that just a, a bounce back season for Zeke now that X back?
2: I mean, what what was he RB fifteen
3: last year?
1: Something. I like think that. he was twelve. I actually so, don't think he
2: fell
3: yeah, outside
1: he the top twelve. He, he for his, so, his for the shit everyone gave him, he still had a pretty good fantasy season. So I mean, like really,
2: bounce back, bounce back from fucking what? I mean, right. He did, <laughs> and. and You know, we can see all the shirtless pictures of these guys. And By the way, did you see the one of Tyron Smith today?
1: I have not, but I guess I Uh, need to go check that out. uh,
2: I think think it was Xavier Pope who was like, he looked like he was uh, uh, made in Wakanda and healed on uranium or something like that. Dude, look, he did not look like he was an offensive lineman. That's for sure. Uh, No, I I think that getting three of his uh, starting offensive linemen back getting Dak back, back to spread the ball around some more. Dallas is going to, you know, their defense has made some improvements, but it's still not great. They're going to need to score a ton of points on offense, and we saw at the beginning of last season with the weapons that they have, they are going to be explosive. And what if they get leads, they're going to grind it with Elliott. And we've seen him going all the way back to his freshman season at Ohio State. He he's just a powerful running back, you know, six foot, 230 pounds, 225 pounds, and he's a hammer, and he's got some speed. He's got great vision. Uh, he can catch the ball really well. To me, I I feel like at seven, I'm probably low on him. Matt,
1: any thoughts?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to have a good season. I still think they're more of a passing team. I, I like him uh, catching passes too, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do use Tony Pollard a little bit this season. We saw how well he played last year, and I think Dallas has aspirations of getting into the play, into the playoffs and playing well throughout. So Zeke not getting any younger, they may moderate some of his workload during the season and you know, if they're throwing for a lot of touchdowns, that's going to hamper his ability to, to get scores, but they have a better offensive line, you know, in terms of how Dak's going to be back. I think it's going to be a good season for him. Yeah, not much to add. I think, you know,
1: we talked a little bit about on our Cowboys preview. I think Dak coming back from that serious ankle injury, they want to try and limit him running the ball as much as possible, improving offensive line for the Cowboys. I think Zeke's going to, You know, again, bounce back. Uh, I mean, I looked, Dennis, he actually finished nine. So is bouncing up to seven really a bounce back? He's good, and he's going to continue to be good. I think just having Dak there helps his uh, production a little bit more because defenses can't quite key in on him, knowing that you've got a great quarterback like that back there. Uh, So at nine, our 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 ninth-ranked player but a consensus of 10 is Aaron Jones. He comes in with uh, me having him at 9, Dennis at 13, and Matt there at 8. Uh, so I, I didn't move him. We, we talked a little bit about this at the beginning of the episode. We all thought Aaron Rodgers was going to stay, uh, and that's what left me to rank him up here this high. Whether the touchdowns come back a little bit, having A.J. Dillon there, what I do think is going to be a factor. What Aaron Jones could do in the receiving game and just the rushing game alone, I, I think Packers are all in to try and win a Super Bowl. In the next couple years, there's talks that Aaron Rodgers is going to get extended. Uh, I think Aaron Jones is going to be a beast for them. They, they re-signed him for a reason. Uh, so, Dennis, your thoughts on, on Aaron Jones? Uh, again, not really much lower than us. You had him at uh, – well, just lost at 13. So just outside the top 12, but still a, a good season for him you're projecting.
2: I, I think a lot of it is going to be touchdowns. He's still going to get uh, – rush. I, I, th- I feel like he's going to lose touches in the rushing game to A.J. Dillon. He's going to – And we we used to be frustrated last year with Jamal Williams coming in, taking snaps, taking pass plays away from Aaron Jones. And so I think where Jones is going to make up some, some touches is going to be in the passing game. But I think when I was looking at what I felt like he might do this year, I only had him projected for like 700 rushing yards or something. Because I feel like they're gonna get AJ Dillon more involved, and then you know the the Packers are trading for Randall Cobb, and so it's it's Aaron Rodgers this season, man. It's wheels up; they're gonna be throwing the ball more than ever now that they get uh, Randall Cobb back. So that's kind of facetious, but no, I I like uh, I, I like Aaron Jones. I just feel like some of the guys I have
3: ahead of him are gonna score more points. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Jones has been incredible the last couple of years. We thought he would take a step back last year after having a ton of touchdowns in 2019. He didn't fall back that far. I believe he was running back five. So, you know, I'm taking a little bit of a step back. I think, A.J. Dillon will get carries, probably replace the carries that Jamal Williams got. But that receiving work, that's not really A.J. Dillon's uh, strength. So I think that all stays with Aaron Jones. And, you know, even if they get Randall Cobb to come back, Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams are really the heart of that offense. Uh, You know, you'd expect Tanya to contribute some. um, But I think Aaron Jones is an easy top 10 running back. Next, uh, same with the same consensus here for us
1: at 10, but is coming in as our number, what is this? Number 10 running back, right? Yes, 10 uh, is Joe Mixon. I have him at 12. Dennis, you have him at eight. Matt has him at 10. Obviously a lot of uh, dissent in the fantasy community about Joe Mixon. A lot of people, some people love him. Some people hate him. I think he's in for a good season here. But Dennis, you have him the highest. You have him up here at eight. Uh, Your thoughts on Joe Mixon?
2: Like that, that offense is coming together. He, he's got to be healthy one year, right? Doesn't he?
1: Eventually? I mean, we hope, and,
2: yes. Uh, so uh, I, I don't think his talent has ever been in question, but he's been one of the most snake bit players I think we've ever seen. There's always seems to be something going on, whether it's the team in complete disarray around him or him getting an injury or, or something. You know, it's the curse of being a Cincinnati Bengal, I guess. But I like Mixon to put it together this year. They've got a good young quarterback, a good receiving core. The offensive line still is going to be – it's still got some work to do. So they're going to have to hope that that line gels. Uh, but they are getting Jonah Williams back, and and uh, if, if they can – if they can get, uh, you know, ninety percent of what a lot of us have felt could be, I think Nixon's in for a really big year.
3: Yeah, you know, with uh, Bernard moving on, um, they don't really have any big quality backs behind him. I think he's going to be in line for a good season uh, carrying the load. I'm, I'm hoping to see greater health for him, just kind of like how we, we hope for Joe Burrow. And I think that returns him back to being a, a solid RB1. Yeah,
1: I think workload, again, we, we talked a little, I talked a little bit about with Derek Henry earlier. Um, he, he's going to get it as long as he stays healthy. He's really the only back I trust, I think, that they trust to, to get any kind of workload uh, because of, you know, geo has gone. and I don't think Travion Williams is going to do much of anything. Uh, who else did they bring in? Chris, uh, Chris Evans, not, uh, Captain America, but Chris Evans, the running back out of Michigan, uh, is expected to be kind of the backup guy. But I don't know if he's really going to be Samaj J
2: P. Ryan. Right. If you're handcuffing, yeah. it's Samaj P.
1: Uh, you know, for for <laughs> game one or two, until <laughs> until they give him like 15 carries and he gets like seven yards. So I, I just I don't I don't he's think as long as stuff. Mexican as long as Mixon stays healthy, I don't see how they they go away from him and go to anybody else. At 11 for us is Antonio Gibson. All of us pretty close on him here. Consensus of 11. I had him at 10. Dennis, 11. And Matt, 12. Uh, the reason I had him up here is, I mean, wow. Okay. That was uh, that was awesome. All right. So outside of the, uh, I assume you guys didn't hear that. It sounded like uh, Thunder just struck my house. Uh, so outside, or I guess Thunder can't do that, but Lightning, wait. Lightning came. Yeah. yeah. I'm remembering. I'm getting that correctly. Okay. this. That, school. I'm not going to lie. I scared the shit out of me. So I apologize that came out of nowhere. It's bright as hell outside. Um, what was I talking about? I'm completely thrown off. Antonio Gibson. Antonio Antonio Gibson. I think uh, with it, if he didn't get the toe turf injury, I think he continues to take that step forward that last year. Uh, and now bringing in a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, who we talked a little bit about when we did the Washington team preview, you know, Funny enough, with age, he seemed to be more consistent. I don't think he has quite those big turnover-prone games. I think adding a guy like him, a competent quarterback back there with the weapons they've got, good offensive line, it's been improving – Great offensive court great offensive. No, I shouldn't say great offensive, but a good offensive coordinator who had a better version of him in CMC in Carolina. We saw what they were able to do with him. I think Antonio Gibson is in for that kind of workload. Same thing that we just talked about with Joe Mixon. I don't expect any of those guys to really step up behind him. So as long as Gibson can stay healthy, I think he gets the workload and he's the guy moving forward for the road. Washington football team.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, you know he's going to get the volume. He had 170 carries last year. I think he picks up more in the passing game to the detriment of J.D. McKissick. I, I know a lot of people uh, have been out there with McKissick as a zero RB darling, but I, I feel like he's going to be a, a big letdown. Uh, Gibson played wide receiver in college. He knows how to run routes and catch. Well, oh, and he weighs 230 pounds. So I, I think Gibson is going to you know, be in the 250, 260 carry range and probably catch 40 to 50 passes pretty comfortably. And that's going to impact McKissick. So uh, I like the volume he's going to get. I think with uh, uh, they, they've put some work into their O-line and they've put some work into their receivers. And so it has the potential to be quite a, a exciting offense.
3: Yeah, we talked about it before. I think he takes a little bit of a step forward. So I have him. He was RB 13 last year. i have him at RB12. Um, I expect a pretty strong workload, both as a rusher and a receiver. I think Washington in general is going to have a decent offense and be a playoff contender.
1: All right, so number 12 for us is Najee Harris from the Pittsburgh Steelers, the rookie, the highest rookie in our rankings. Uh, It was uh, Cam Akers, obviously the Cam Akers injury, which we've we've talked um, enough about, obviously, with that happening. Uh, has dropped him out of there, and it moved Najee up. He was outside of our top 12 uh, before Akers injury. I have him at 11. Dennis, you have him at 9. Matt, you have him at 13. I imagine that the reason you have him at 13, again, I mean, you're outside the top 12. It's not like you have him down to 23, but is possibly concerns about the offensive line and the hits that they've taken?
3: Yeah, their offensive line isn't great. Um, So when I was looking at some of the other running backs that I have higher, I like their situation better. I think he's going to be a good and receiver. I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes top 12. I'm not as bullish on Pittsburgh in general. Um, this season, so I I thought thirteen seemed like a pretty fair rink.
2: No, I I'm in on Harris. I think he's gonna he he doesn't have any competition to speak of. Uh, Mike Tomlin has this Tomlin has historically liked to use one back, and Harris has the build to be that back.
3: You're not a Benny Snell stand.
2: Uh, I like Benny Snell. He's just not as talented. You know, I I love Marlon Mack, but give me Jonathan Taylor all day. Um, He's going to get the ball. He's going to catch the ball. Um, There's still some question about what's the long-term effect of the elbow on Ben and and his ability to throw the ball downfield. I think it'll be better than last year, but I don't think he's going to have the bombs away ability that he used to have. So that means they're going to have to grind it out, and Gibson's going to be the guy grinding it out. He's... He's set up for for success. I know usually the, a running a rookie comes out of nowhere and finishes uh, in the top uh, top twelve. Uh, I don't think if one's coming out of nowhere this season. I think we all see him coming, and if we if we keep saying no, it's because because nope. we're.
1: Yeah, so uh, for me, it is uh, Harris. I'm kind of with Dennis here, so I'm not going to add much to it. I think the Steelers are going to lean on him. The offensive line concerns do worry me, which is honestly why I have him down here at 12 or 11, I think is what I ranked him at, uh, 11. And that's just, again, the offensive line does worry me a little bit. It is poor, but getting rid of Finkner and them talking about them wanting to have a more balanced offense I mean, I'll be honest, I'm not a Benny Snell, Snell stan. I don't think he's good. I don't think any of those guys are good. So I think it's going to be Najee Harris, you know, Ala, whatever it is when Jerome uh, Bettis was there and you had uh, Le'Veon Bell. I, I don't, I'm not trying to say that Harris is either one of those guys, but I think he's going to get the kind of workload that both of those guys got there with them. And I think they realize, well, I'm not quite as high on Pittsburgh either. We talked about them with, the, with that. Uh, Their team preview, I do think that they know and they are all in the next couple seasons because Big Ben is on his way out. They need to win now, so I think that's why they drafted Harris in the first round. He's going to be the guy for them. At 13, we have Austin Eckler. He comes in with a consensus of 12. I had him ranked at 13. Dennis, 12, and Matt, 11. Matt, I'll kick it to you here first any worry any worries about the uh, changing in the offense we don't know what this offense is going to look like and and the possible regression from Justin Herbert a lot of people talk about you think that hurts Eckler or he's still going to be fine
3: i think eckler's going to be good you know he had good chemistry with herbert in the games he played last year he's never going to be the you know 1200 yard rusher Um, But he makes the most, especially in PPR, of his receptions. And he is clearly the best running back they have. They didn't really add uh, to that group. You could even say they subtracted from that group, letting Kalen Balaj go to Pittsburgh. Joshua Kelly was not incredibly impressive last year. Justin Jackson has never really gotten it all together. So I I think Eckler is going to be good, and I think we're going to see him bounce back up there into low-end RB one territory. You're muted.
2: I have Eckler at 12, and it's it's based on passing volume alone. I, I don't think he can hold up if they try to run him. Uh, I know they did last year a couple couple times, a few games they, they tried to put uh, him in there, 20, 25 carries. And he can do that for a game or two. But you've got second-year man, uh Joshua Kelly, I think I think he had the the rookie funk going on last year, and Justin Jackson still struggles with being staying healthy. They do have uh, a pretty explosive passing game with Mike Williams and uh, uh, Keenan Allen and, and uh, oh, who was that other cat? Jalen Jalen Gaiden. So they've got that. You know, they, they, they have some ability in the passing game, and Herbert, you know, it's funny. He's going to be a sophomore, and it's, well, is it time for the sophomore slot? Let's let's hope not. I hope not. I have substantial shares uh, of Justin Herbert in Dynasty, and uh, uh, he's not my third quarterback, safe to say. So uh, I like Eckler to keep doing what he's doing, but uh, I, I feel like, because he he doesn't run the ball as as well or as frequently it really limits his upside.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think the one thing that that definitely boosts him up is you had uh Lombardi come out and say that he wants to use him like Alvin Kamara. So if that's the case, we've seen, you know, Alvin Kamara's as much as I love him, I think he's a really good player. I think I I like I said I had him ranked up as th- at 3 for me this year. He's not quite as good a runner as some of these other guys in this group, but he's a phenomenal receiver. And I think you can say the same thing about Eckler. He's very good in the receiving game. May not be quite that guy in between the tackles. He can run in between the tackles, but he's not quite a a Nick Chubb, Zeke Elliott, Saquon Barkley type. Um, Herbert, even if he does regress a little bit, I still think Eckler is going to be fine as long as Eckler stays healthy which, you know, again, I say that that's a moniker put on him. And as Matt always points out to me, he's only missed like three games in like the, in his entire career. So, yeah, but he did miss a lot of time last year. As long as that doesn't happen this year, I think Eckler's going to be just fine. Wouldn't be surprised if he jumps up higher than this. Uh, but as, as Dennis has said a couple of times here uh, to, to echo his sentiment, there's just guys above him. I like more. I, I just think they've got a little bit more upside. So it's hard for me to, to put him in my top 12 where both of you have him. So I was kind of the one dragging him down a little bit here.
2: You know Kamara has it, it since his after his rookie season has never had fewer than 170 carries, yep. and in his career, Eckler has never had more than 132.
1: Ooh, so okay, I'll put uh, over under then for both of you 150. Having Lombardi there is his uh, assuming health, assuming he stays healthy, obviously 150 over under. Uh, under.
3: I'm moving over.
1: I think I would go over as well. As yeah, long as I can stay healthy. I mean, I mean, I might be. I guess. I mean, he had
2: 116 in 10 games last year. It's probably the over, but it won't surprise me. Well, if yeah, it
1: was, last year was his real first year without Melvin Gordon as well, too, right? I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I know Melvin Gordon held out for a while that year before, but last year was the first year Gordon wasn't there. He was with Denver. Is that. Am I remembering that correctly? Yes, that's correct. Okay. So yeah, this could be this could be a big year for IG. I could be I could be wrong and you two could be right with him being in the top 12. Uh so next up for us at 14 is DeAndre Swift and he comes in exactly at 14 because we all have him ranked at 14. So I'm going to let Dennis kick this one off first as he is the uh Lions fan of the podcast. Dennis, your thoughts on Cam, uh, cam Akers on DeAndre Swift.
2: You know, I, it's going to be a terrible team. Let, let's just get that out of the way. Uh, I, I think this, they're really going to struggle at receiver. They're going to need some people to step up. Uh, Perriman and Tyrell Williams, are you know, that's a rough couple guys to have as your top receivers. Um, and for all the love Amon Ross St. Brown is getting, um, I still think that uh, its he's probably a long way from having a, leading a team at the wide receiver position in his rookie year. So that being said, uh, DeAndre Swift can carry the ball. He's, what, 212 pounds, so he's not a little guy. He may be short, but he's not little. Uh, He's a great pass catcher. I think if anybody is going to do the uh, Alvin Kamara uh, clone job, it's going to be DeAndre Swift, not uh, Austin Eckman.
3: Yeah, I mean, DeAndre Swift. I appreciate
2: your sigh of support.
3: (laughs) DeAndre Swift was RB18 last year with, you know, kind of limited work. So Detroit's offense isn't going to be great, um, but I still think he he comes up because I think it's really going to be TJ Hawkinson, him and Jamal Williams in the passing game and him and Jamal Williams running. And he's just too talented. I think 14 isn't a isn't a major jump over where he was last year, um, which is probably reflective of if it was a better team, maybe you would give him a bigger jump. I wanted to put him in my top 12, but that's yeah. what holds me back.
1: Yeah, I'm the same. I wanted him in my top 12, but what you just mentioned, bad team. And I think Jamal Williams is going to play a factor in that. So both those factors combined keep him at 14. Again, not bad. It's a high-end running back too, uh, but he's a guy that I, I really – same, I really wanted to put him up in my top 12. I I've tried so hard, and I was just like, there's just – There's no way I'm going to be on the same with this next guy who is running back 15 for us, comes in at a consensus of 15.67. That's J.K. Dobbins. Uh, Dennis, you and I both have him at 15. Matt, you have him at 17. Uh, For me, it's just, it's Lamar Jackson. I I think he's, we, we talked about it on the Ravens preview. He's one of the best athletes on the field whenever he's on the field. And regardless of them wanting, I do think them wanting to pass the ball more with the receivers they drafted this year. Lamar Jackson is a game changer with his legs. And so that's just never going to not be there, at least not until he maybe gets older and and tries to work more from the pocket. So for now, I think that's going to affect JK Dobbins somewhat. And then it's always going to limit his upside. You add in a guy like Gus Edwards, who is not a zero at the running back position either. He is very good and is going to get some work. Uh, It drops JK Dobbins down here for me.
3: Yeah. So I, I think that's, I'm the lowest, obviously, but only by a couple spots. For me, it's the, you know, I think he's going to be a great factor, but they're not a high-volume passing attack. So even if he gets some passing work, they added more receivers. I just still don't see Baltimore throwing a ton. But then Lamar Jackson is one of their best runners, and, you know, I still think he's going to end up splitting time with Gus Edwards, who they brought back.
2: Yeah, I I think they're going to continue to use Gus the same way that they have, kind of as a change of pace. I think Dobbins is going to be pretty clear the number one. I I, I like him to be in the uh, same kind of role as Aaron Jones and DeAndre Swift. They're going to get most of the running back touches, but they're not going to dominate them. They're going to get most of the running back receptions and targets, Targets and that aspect of the game, but there that that's the player that's going to be on the field. Um, Dobbins may suffer from Lamar Jackson both <laughs> during touchdowns and uh, um, some of these other guys that run the ball, Kyler Murray and whatnot. Uh, I like Dobbins a lot. He he's one of, he's one of those guys that I look at and I think you know what he could rush for eighteen hundred yards this year or
3: he could rush for 800. What's going to happen? Hopefully not 800. (laughs) Yeah. So just maybe hopefully for Matt, he is at 800 because that might mean the the Ravens are less good. Yeah. uh,
1: So just a heads up, if I cut out here, it's because we're getting like 50 mile per hour winds right now. And I I like lose my internet connection. So it's getting, it's getting a little weird over here right now. So at RB 16, to move to the city. Uh, i'm i'm technically it, like in a city i'm not really that remote <laughs> it's it's very well,
3: i'm the in the second largest city in colorado we we get that all the time yeah so. it's like the weather here this year
1: has been very weird i don't uh, i really don't appreciate it um it's, it's pissing me off a little bit uh but he comes in at consensus of 16.33 for us uh matt you had him at 15 dennis 16 i was the lowest on him at 18 and that's clyde edwards Elaire. Uh, so Matt, you were the highest on him. Tell me why I should move him up a couple spots.
3: I mean, I think in this, this range, you know, my, my 15 to 18, I don't really have incredibly strong feelings, but I think he's probably in the most high volume offense uh, of uh, some of the running backs here. Um, he You know, Darrell Williams will probably carry some. I know they added Jarek McKinnon. That doesn't uh, totally move the needle for me. I think Edward Hilaire had a solid rookie season, um, was not very good in the red zone. So if he has a little bit better red zone luck and carries, he bumps up a little bit. Um, So, you know, I thought RB15 for a guy who's going to get a good chunk of carries and good action in the passing game in a strong offense made a lot of sense.
2: My biggest concern with Edwards-Hilaire isn't that he's not going to get the share of the running back touches or share of the running back targets. It's that the running back position in general is not going to get a large share of the targets and the touches. I feel like Kansas City's going to be a low-volume running team. They've got Kelsey. They've got Hill. Uh, they've got Nicole Hardman. I think they're they're going to continue to try to be explosive. Edwards Alero will, will get some, but he's not going to get the volume that would make him a, you know an RB7 or an RB8. I I, I think he's going to have a good year, but if we're still placing last season's expectations on him, we're going to be disappointed. He's almost now almost, Now, David Montgomery in that aspect that he just doesn't. He, where Montgomery falls a little bit short athletically, he and still gets the touches. Hilaire falls a little bit short in the work volume, but is a little bit more athletic. And so they're very. They're, it's troubling to me because I feel like he should get more, but they're gonna they're gonna pull him and they're gonna put in Daryl Williams for. For what? Because, oh, he's a better blocker. After we heard a whole bunch about how Edwards Allaire was a great blocker in college, and then he gets to the NFL, and he absolutely sucks at pass blocking. So it's, it's I don't know, I'm, I'm a little troubled by the potential for them to limit his touches because they're throwing the ball to other people.
1: Yeah, uh, I just don't think that he's going to get as much workload as everybody else's. I know everybody – there's a lot of people saying that you know he's he's in for a huge season. They're going to give him the ball. He's going to be the guy. I just don't see that. The past couple of years, we really haven't seen that with, with Andy Reid outside of, again, the Kareem Hunt year. And we talked a lot about that when it happened. Alex Smith was the quarterback. He didn't have – I mean, let's just be honest. One of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game at this point with what Patrick Mahomes can do, and he's not even been in the league for more than five years. Mahomes, the way he can pass the ball and the weapons they have around him, is just going to limit what CEH can do. That's just the end of story, in my opinion. I, I don't think – you know, they talked about – I can't remember who brought this up. Someone posted it online the other day on Twitter about how many times they gave him the ball in the red zone. They're like, see, once he gets a couple of those touchdowns, he's going to shoot up the boards. Yeah, the problem is, look at that. They gave him the ball that many times in the red zone. He still couldn't score the ball because he's just a smaller running back. He's not running anybody over. but Me, there's no linebackers in the league that are my size. So I just don't think – I do think what Dennis was just saying. Darrell Joe, is get some. Joker of that.
2: might be your size.
1: Uh, I mean, maybe it's not true. I'm, you know, I'm average woman's height. So, I mean, and, and CEH is right there with me though. Let's be honest. So that's my whole point. I just don't not, not saying that women can't play football. They can. I've seen some women who terrify We just need to, to clip the audio fans. of you saying I'm average
3: woman. So I, that's my uh, thing.
1: I, I I truly believe that. I'm just I'm not a very tall person. You know. I'm excited when I get to meet everybody at the expo uh, in a month. How I'm gonna be? Hey everybody, mind? I'm Matt. Nice to meet you guys. Because it's I'm not tall. I'm just not. But and C H is just not a big guy. I think Darrell Henderson. Darrell Henderson Darrell Williams is going to get more work, and I think because of how much they're going to pass the ball, it just limits CEH's upside. Next up, that gives us David Montgomery, who Dennis was just talking about. I had him at 16. Dennis had him at 19, and Matt, you had him at 16 as well. Uh, for me, I, I do think that he his value will increase once Justin Fields hits the field uh, because I think that's going to help open things up for him a little bit with what Fields can do with his legs. But I've said before, I think that that limits uh, – that's not going to happen until week three. I think Andy Dalton is going to start at least week one, possibly lose his job in week two. Uh, but for me, I really think that uh, Montgomery could see an increase once Fields gets out there. Uh, we saw a little bit of that with Mitch Trubisky in the second half of the season, but as long as Dalton there it limits him. I'm not as worried about Tariq Cohen as others. Uh, Matt, you have him the lowest out of the three of us. but No, I'm sorry, you're tied with me. Dennis, you have him the lowest out of the three of us. Is it a worry about Cohen? Is it worried about bringing in Damian Williams? What, what are your thoughts on Cohen?
2: Uh, was that you cut out for a second? Were you asking me that? Yep, you're the
3: lowest. Yeah. I,
2: I I think I'm coming around a little bit. It, it initially was some of the Cohen uh, stuff, um, a little bit with better passing offense, uh, taking, uh, you know, boosting up Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney. Um, but I was thinking it late. I'm starting to hear, you know, Cohen's on the pup still. Uh, There's talk he might not make it back. I've heard some rumblings that it was uh, that even even when Cohen comes back, he's not going to get quite the volume he did in the passing game before because they don't want to give away what they're doing every time someone's on the field. And Montgomery showed last year he can handle the passing game just fine. So I, I I feel like there's a chance that in three weeks I might be thinking more along RB 15 or 16 for Montgomery, but uh, you know that was my initial thinking was losing a little bit of the passing volume because of Cohen and losing a little bit of passing volume in general because the quarterbacks are just better and better equipped to get the ball to the wide receivers.
3: Yeah, Cohen and Damian Williams don't scare me a lot. I actually think Cohen maybe ends up playing a little bit more in the slot they've mentioned, especially after trading Anthony Miller. Um, But I think Montgomery, we probably saw the best-case scenario for him in the way he finished last year going to RB4. He's more, to me, of a mid-to-upper RB2. Yeah,
1: yeah, 100% agree there. So at RB18 for us, that comes in at Chris Carson with a consensus of 18. Matt, you have him at 18, Dennis 17, and then I have him at 19. Uh, Seattle, we talked a lot about it in their team preview, Matt. They really wanted to let Russ cook earlier in the year. Then they switched back to running the ball heavily. What do you expect from Chris Carson this year? They did re-sign with Seattle. I believe it was a two-year contract uh, with a team option in the second year, so it could only be a one-year, but not much behind him really to be worried about. What are your thoughts on Carson?
3: Yeah, I think he goes back to being a very solid RB2. We've seen him carry the load. He seems like a good fit there. I'm a little less bullish on Seattle in general in um, 2021, and I know every time we are tempted to write them out, they they win 13 games just to spite us. But it's a tough division. It's a tough conference. They don't have the greatest schedule. I think he's going to have a good year but not a great year. commuted.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Chris Carson is the most underappreciated fantasy asset at the running back position going, I think. Uh, Not that I have him uh, substantially higher than you. I feel like Carson is much like uh, saying Dalvin Cook's going to miss two games. I feel like Carson's going to miss two or three games this season as well. Uh, I don't know if anybody's going to come in and perform – great, which will cause Pete Carroll to go, well, I need to get that person more involved. Uh, but carsons a, he's capable in all aspects of the game, and he's a tough runner. He, he's one of those guys that, that plays so hard that that's what leads to his injuries. I like Carson, but uh, to me, I, I don't think you can count on him to be an RB1. And, and I think he's getting to that point now, he's, what, I think about 27, that even though he signed an extension, I think they're starting to look and figure out what's going to be the next move after Carson because uh, I don't know that they're going to extend him again.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this is his last year there. Again, it's a team option in the second year. Maybe if they can't grab a running back uh, in the draft this year, they stick with them. Uh, so right now he he's going off the board as RB19. So you're not getting like a massive value for him according to Fantasy Pro's ADP. But I think that's exactly where he's going to be. And I think if you kind of miss on a couple, you get a high-end running back and you miss on a couple of those other guys, I think he's perfectly fine in this range. I, I think I like him a little bit more than some of these other guys because he's always consistent. The biggest thing is just can he stay healthy and be on the field? I guess I mentioned a minute ago, I don't think there's much behind him. Uh, to be worried about Seattle's always been, for the most part, a very run-heavy offense. So I, I expect Chris Carson to continue to do that, continue to be the leader for that backfield as long as he's healthy. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes right around this, you know, anywhere between fifteen and twenty. I, I think is kind of his range, and I'm I'm cool with taking him there again as RB nineteen off the board. Uh, so for us at RB nineteen, we have got Miles Sanders who comes in with a consensus of eighteen point six seven. I have him at seventeen. Dennis, you have him at 18. Matt, you have him at 21. Uh, I have him a little bit higher than Matt here. Dennis just one spot below me. A lot of that was just he looked better with Jalen Hurts, and I do expect him to to kind of continue with that, uh, with, the, with the way he looked. I don't expect him to get a lot of receiving work, so I do think that takes a little bit of a hit. Uh, but rushing-wise, he was the guy I, I had. Uh, above Josh Jacobs. I'm pretty sure at times I had him above David. I think I finished whenever we finished our rookie rankings that year. I think I had him above David Montgomery as well. I still think he's a very good runner. Uh, I just – the injuries and that offense altogether worry me, but the offensive line is coming back together. They're talking about it's going to be healthy this year. If those guys can stay healthy, I expect them to be able to clear some holes for Miles Sanders. So overall, I expect Sanders to have a decent year, but over here at 17 – you know, I mean, he's coming in as a consensus, same as uh, he's right there tied with uh, Chris Carson as RB19 off the board. Uh, so I'm, I'm good with that. I think I take him as a little bit of a discounted price, in my opinion, because he does have that ability to jump up close to 12 or 13. Uh, but Matt, you are the lowest on him out of the three of us. What are, what are your thoughts on Sanders?
3: So I don't think the Philly offense is going to be great. Um, He's also – he's been remarkably consistent in that he's started 11 games each of his first two seasons. He doesn't play full season. So I think you have to – you know, it's hard um, until I see it for me to trust that he's going to be there. As a rookie, he was a huge part of the passing game. He got 63 targets, caught 50 passes. Last year he really wasn't. I think he's dealing with a running quarterback. They also have other pass catching running backs. They just drafted Kenneth Gainwell. They have other receivers. So for me, that's why I drop him down to more of a low end RB2. Um, you know, he's never had more than 867 yards rushing in, in any season. He's not had more than six rushing touchdowns. If he's not going to get, substantial passing work. I think that's what inhibits him from getting up higher.
2: Yeah. Sanders to me is. Is try at times. Like you should just. Give him the ball over and over. Times he looks like you should just not let him off the bench. And, and I, I I can't figure it out so far. And then now we bring in Sirianni, who's a brand new coach, who, you know, based on his climb through the coaching ranks, I don't know if we really know what to expect out of Sirianni as a head coach. Um, I'd like – Miles Sanders is a guy that has the talent that if he finished his RB10 this year, I would feel like that's – perfectly understandable but if he finished as rb 28 i think i would be like that's perfectly understandable also so it's it's i you know i'm when i want to try to narrow my range of outcomes for guys and sanders is one of those guys i'm just not able he's got the talent but it's just not clicking. And I know their offensive line was a hot mess last year. And I don't know how much better it's going to be this year. Some of those guys, well, yeah, they're healthy, they're also old as shit. On a table with some of those guys, I may be chosen to be the young-looking one. So <laughs> it's, it's – it's it's crazy. He's got he's got some talent, um, but I I think a low end RB two is really where my faith in him lies right now.
1: So last for us today, we're going to cut it at at RB twenty, and that is his draft mate there, Josh Jacobs. Uh, he comes in at twenty with the consensus ranking of twenty for us. Matt, you had him at nineteen. Dennis, twenty. I had him at twenty one, um, and for me, it's just I I've just never really. I mean, he's proven me wrong. I guess two years that he's finished up right around twelve. Last year had uh, dealt with a little bit of injuries, and and the crazy thing to me is he has only had one target on third down in his entire career. That is insane to me. It just shows that they don't use him that much in the receiving game, uh, and that's what knocks him down for me. I think bringing um, who they bring in, Kenyon Drake, who I know. All the talk is he's going to be put in the slot, but I would not be surprised if they give him some run as well. They were doing that with Jalen Rashard over the past couple years, and I think it's fair to say Drake is a much better running back than Rashard, so I wouldn't be surprised if if Jacobs loses some touches to Drake as well. Uh, All in all, I think Jacobs still going to be a running back too. Wouldn't be surprised if he jumps a little bit higher than this, but I don't think he finishes around that RB12 or even probably a highest I see is right around the 15 range for me. Uh, but Matt, your thought on Josh Jacobs, the Raiders r- running back.
3: Yeah, so there's a couple of things for me. The the Raiders wide receiving core still is not great. Um, so they are going to use their two backs and Darren Waller, the baller, uh, there at tight end. I knocked him back. Uh, you know, some people like to, to think he could be a low end RB1. I put him back to a lower end RB2 for two reasons. One, their offensive line is, it is a question mark at best, probably with all the players they had going out the door. I listened to Mike Mayock talk glowingly about how excited he is about that group. He has uh, a lot more faith in them probably than even their parents do at this point in time. So that's a concern. And then what you talked about, I think Kenyon Drake, is probably going to share some of the rushing load. He'll probably be more like a Jamal Williams kind of player that we've seen in there. He will carry the ball. He will get pass catching. He actually wasn't the pass catching specialist in Arizona, which is what I find so amusing by his signing there. And everybody just assumes he's going to be the pass catching specialist. He rushed for almost a thousand yards last year for Arizona. I think he's definitely going to carry the ball. So to me, that's what Knox. Jacobs back a little bit, but he's he's been very durable and, and he's performed well. I mean, as a rookie, he ran with what they say, a fractured shoulder blade. So, um, you know, I think he'll give you low-end RB two. I just think there's a ceiling to what he can give you.
2: Yeah. Jacobs is one of the most script-dependent running backs today in the NFL. And if, if the Raiders – for some reason, are able to find a hot streak and get some leads. Jacobs could way up. He, he could reach that uh, low-end RV1 ceiling that he flashes occasionally. But it's all going to come down to what's, what's the game script. And if they're close or uh, playing from behind, it's going to be all Kenyon Drake. Drake is going to be in there. And it wouldn't surprise me if Drake becomes the runner then and Richard, who's still there, becomes the change of pace receiving back. I'm not sure why John Gruden is so down on Josh Jacobs receiving. He seemed to – I mean, granted, in Alabama, Jacobs just didn't play a lot, period. But when he did play, he seemed to catch the ball just fine when it was thrown to him. He looked like a competent receiver. Uh, but for whatever reason, John Gruden and Mike Mayock have said, you're a two-down. You'd think he was Ronald Jones without the explosiveness. It's the way that Gruden and Mayock treat him. But I, I don't know. I feel that, that Jacobs, again, He's. A, it, I would not be surprised if Kenyon Drake outscored him in fantasy this year just because if they if they're playing from behind, Drake is going to be in the game.
1: Yeah, I, I don't doubt that at all. Again, we I just mentioned Jacobs has only had one target on third down uh, in his entire career with the Rangers. So it just speaks to, for whatever reason, because I do think he's a good receiving back, he was at Alabama. For whatever reason, they don't use him that way in the NFL. So that will do it for us today. We will be back on Thursday. Matt and myself will go over some of these other guys. We'll start at 21. Uh, and move on down the list. Uh, so we will see you guys then again on uh, on Thursday. That that'll that'll be it for us tonight. So enjoy your next couple days if you're in Texas. Enjoy this beautiful storm that we've got going on. And we'll see you guys again on Thursday.
0: Oh. Prepare for glory. i don't know if You got your pop on Do You got your popcorn ready. I came out the womb, line already And he's hit the zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. No one up above his head. They can't jump with me. God, wait. Only tackle them for 40 yards. Who can make a play? I can Who can make a play? I can oh.